Hello listeners and welcome to another week on Chasm Converses. My guest this week is Serena Itu, solo artist and life coach, joining me from Enfield in London. This chat has so much in it, from Serena's beginnings in music, writing lyrics at nine years old, to becoming a life coach and using disciplines to write and create music, which led to her first single, Nature Foreseen, that we also discuss, and you're also hearing it right now. There's also some talks on classic iPods, and we hint at each other's Spotify wrapped for 2023. Join us, and let's get conversing. Serena Itsu, welcome to Chasm Converses. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to, to meet you. Whereabouts are you joining me from? So I'm from Enfield in London. Oh, so awesome. I'm in London at the moment, more so like uh, Southwest, I, I believe. So like, yeah, a bit down there. But yeah, it's awesome. I'm whereabouts is Enfield. So I wouldn't say it's like too far out from Hertfordshire. I'm not like properly into London. So yeah. North London, but not too far off from Hertfordshire. Are you like in one of those places where you have to like um, catch a bus and you have to pay for the bus like on the bus when you get to your place? Or can you use like the Oyster card to get <laughs> to that area? Yes, I think I can use my Oyster card, but I don't really take much buses. My, weirdly uh, enough, my dad, he works for Arriva buses, so you'd think uh, I'd be like used to it and things like that, but no. <laughs> yeah, right. Now it's cool now because, yeah, every now and then when you go outside of London, you have to, like, once there's, like, a border of, like, it closes off from London, so it's like, oh, you can't use your oyster past this sort of place or whatever, and then you have to start, like, paying money on the bus to get to from different places to different places, which is just another great joy of living in London. <laughs> you don't realise that until you sort of get. I got fooled by this one time because I, I was I was going to be able to just pay. I guess, mm. like I said, I don't take buses. I thought I was mm. going to be able to just pay to get on, but they were like, no, you need an oyster card, and I was Oh man, <laughs> so rough, so rough. But either way, it's so great to have you here. Um, and I'm obviously really keen to talk to you about uh, your newest single, Nature Forcing, that came out not too long ago. Um, and as well as that, just talk to you a little bit about uh, yourself and and that sort of thing. Because I mean, this is a very much a podcast about creatives and people who are creative. And um, you seem to me to be quite um, quite the creative person with so many different things that, uh, you do. So, I mean, I'd love to ask you firstly, like, you know, where your kind of inspiration for music came, was it something that you sort of did a bit, uh, earlier on in life or did you sort of discover it a bit, uh, later on? Oh, great question. So I've always loved singing and my mum always says that since like three years old, I was always singing around the house. So she picked up on, my love for singing and just encouraged it and nurtured it and Mm -hmm. always she never like put pressure on me to like go into music or anything like that it was more monitoring what I want to do and if I'm passionate about it and I just was singing throughout all of primary school had singing lessons and things like that started songwriting at nine years old so quite young and I was always able to like pick up on the power of emotion from really young. So yeah. I loved like listening to artists and being like, why are they feeling like that? And wow, the music's like this and this is how I feel. And so I kind of used that as like my outlet growing up and right. went to university, did songwriting, music production. And from that, I was like, yes, I really want to go into this now. Wow, that's amazing. What, uh, I'm curious, what songs did you used to sing when you were much younger around the house and stuff? 
Oh, so many songs. But the one that I'm talking about, like the power of emotion, and my mum tells the story all the time. Oh, okay. Will Young, Leave Right Now. So when I would hear that, and bear in mind I was only like four years old yeah. or something, the song came out. And I remember hearing it and I'd be like, Mum, why is he really, really upset? He sounds really upset. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. And I think from that it was like, oh, you can use your voice to, like, articulate. Like, you can get emotion out from singing and things like that. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, no, you can use, like, you know, your your emotion and your voice to sort of articulate your own sort of emotion, your own sort of feeling of, like, um, I guess, obviously, like, how you're feeling and that sort of thing, which is which is so great. I love the fact that you really clicked into that, like, really young because sometimes it takes people, like, kind of getting older to really kind of experience, like, what some lyrics kind of mean until they sort of feel it for themselves. But I love that you started just, like, songwriting and that kind of stuff so young, around, like, nine years old. Like, my goodness, that's just... Like, did you like write lyrics at nine years old, or were you just like playing an instrument at nine years old, or like what was that sort of going on there? I think for me, it was just writing lyrics and melodies. Mm. So I couldn't play any instrument at nine years old, not well enough to write and kind of have the music for it. So yeah. it was literally just a melody that I had in my head. And I I That's loved so poetry. Cool. So, yeah, yeah right no i love that i'm yeah I'm, I, it's for me it's like because i started songwriting i mean like i got into music quite kind of i guess like i didn't say late late but kind of late like near the back end of high school and so like i mean i always loved music when i was younger but i just never really pictured myself doing music like you know recording and singing and that kind of stuff itself so like i never really started to songwrite until i started to have like you know kind of like, you know, when you're in high school and you've got like those kind of like the world sort of starts to seep in a little bit and you're around different people and stuff and you kind of start to be a little bit angsty and you're kind of like, yeah, now I'm going to, you know, so I sort of started writing things in that respect. So like, yeah, I'm just like, wow, what would a nine-year-old sort of write about in a songwriting sense? Do you, do you have any, do you remember any of them at all? So it's so weird because I, I like to say that with my songs, they're kind of guided by my higher self. And obviously at nine years old, I wasn't thinking, oh, my songs are guided mm. by my higher self and oh, things wow, like yeah. that. <laughs> there's one song and it's quite deep and the lyrics are, if you love me so, you won't betray my t- trust. You won't lie to me. What should you say? What should I say? Wow. And obviously there was nothing really like badly going on in my life. It was more like hearing a song on the radio and being like, oh, mm. I, I, I want to be like that. I want to write yeah, like right. that. Wow. Yeah, so deep songs. I know there was one where I, I'm a Catholic Christian and right. I believe in angels and there was one and I remember like ringing my mum on the phone. Mm-hmm. I actually remember this when I was like 10 or something. I was this. like, mum, written a song. And then I was screaming down the phone. I was like, angels are in my heart, angels. Are the so some songs are not going to be great at nine, 10 years old, but mm. at least it's writing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's some songs that, you know, people write these, like, as in like, you know, first songs they're writing, you know, at the age of, you know, 20, 30 years old, and they're not that great. So like, I mean, when you first start, like, I guess, sort of songwriting, you go through like, you know, the bumps and be like, okay, and you find what my niche is or find what my kind of best character sort of part of it all kind of is and it only takes as i said i I can't remember who said this but i've heard this be said so many times sometimes you've got to write like you know a thousand bad songs until you find your one good song or something like that it was around that kind of a notion but hell i mean you got a fast track sort of start at nine years old so like yeah no that's absolutely brilliant i i love the fact that that's something that sort of um uh, accompanied you on your sort of your journey to you know writing music and stuff so i guess like when you're much older did you sort of follow music in through like high school and like further on like did you go to college and such yes yeah, so 
in secondary school, I was writing quite a lot. And I think it was more like to process my emotions of like different things that were going on in school. And Mm. it's so weird because I feel like it's just to get my emotions out. So sometimes I'm not thinking about, oh, it needs to be a really good song. But some of the songs I wrote then have carried on to like they, Nature of a Scene was written in 2020 Ah. in and I didn't think to myself, this is going to be a release. It was more for myself. Yeah. But I think when I went to university, that was when I was writing so much more material and then it yeah. kind of went really. No, I think that's really cool, especially if, like, you know, it continues on as you obviously progress and, and all the rest of it. And so, yeah, like, I love the fact that you said that Nature Force Scene was done in 2020 because sometimes that happens and it's so weird when you sort of have a song and you have an idea and it's sort of just like your own kind of thing and then like you end up putting it out like a lot of time forward in the future and then people kind of ask you about that song it's like yeah i wrote that song so much so long ago you just sort of think back to like all the stuff that kind of came it that sort of came with it like bands are like that a lot like when they have like they've they've written something like for example like my own band the songs that we have coming out soon are songs that I've had in the bank for the last two years. It's kind of like I've had to rewrite some of those songs because, you know, my points and my mindset has changed so much since then. And it's like, oh shit, I need this to be like relatable and like, you know, pure to what I think. And like back in the day, it wasn't. So now it's like, okay, now I've got to switch them around and whatever. That's a big ask when like you've got a song that you've already sort of learned and you've done it. And now it's kind of like, oh no, now I've got to fill in the gaps of new lyrics and, and all that kind of thing. But no, I'd love for you to talk to me about sort of nature for scene because um, it's such a. I was listening to it actually today on the on the tube home. Um, I listened to it a few times um, the last couple of days, which was really nice. But today I actually listened to it in, a, in like a um, playlist with a few of my favorite pop songs from the two thousands because that's sort of what it kind of reminded me semi of. And it was between um, Samantha Mumba's "Gotta Tell You" and "Overload" by the Sugar Babes, and it fit in perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I know both of those songs. That's awesome. Oh, brilliant. I love that. But no, like I thought it was, a, I, no, I think it's a really great song. I really feel like it's got a, you know, early 2000s kind of pop influence, but like more so like stripped back and like modernized for, you know, the current day, which is, you know, right up my alley. So yeah, like what was your kind of process in wanting to write it? As you said, was it just sort of a song that you just poured some emotion into and just sort of left it on the shelf to not kind of be, not kind of be used, but more so to be for yourself? Yeah, so definitely like to get some emotions that I was suppressing to get it out of me, but it was locked down and I kind of kept myself on a timetable so I wasn't just mm. sitting around doing nothing and yeah. I told myself with my songwriting I was going to do it as like a free writing challenge so I don't put too much pressure on myself for like writing for anything but myself and the funny thing about nature for scene was it was a free writing challenge so i had like an hour and a half or something like that mm-hmm. until my unfinished work and i said okay i'm not going to put any pressure on myself i'm going to take my guitar i'm going to go upstairs and i'm just going to see what comes out and weirdly enough when i took the pressure off of me and said serena just whatever comes out let your emotions pour out mm-hmm. when i did that the song wrote for itself and I haven't, I didn't really change much from what was, what it was from that writing session. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. I mean, again, um, especially with lockdown because I was in Adelaide, South Australia when the lockdown came on, um, you know, obviously almost three years ago now, I guess it was so different over here compared to what it was over there. Like what was your kind of, I mean, it was something that affected so many of us. Um, 
how, what was your sort of way in kind of dealing with it? I guess, obviously you've said that, you know, giving yourself free writing challenge, which is I think perfect. Like it sounds like it's really great just to help you structure your creativeness in the midst of obviously having to stay at home. Definitely. So that was definitely one of it. But training was so important to me throughout lockdown. I kind of, I've got a personal trainer and I invested in him. And when lockdown happened, one of the things that I was like, oh my gosh, was it was literally training gets me through things. And I lost yeah. my best friend to bone cancer in June 2019. Unfortunately. Oh, wow. Okay. And training was my was what kept me going. I loved seeing my trainer Richard and things like that. So when lockdown happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I need to keep this up. So yeah. for me, I I turned like my sitting room into like a playground. And it was bad because I was going up and down the stairs for my cardio. Yeah. And neighbors were like banging, banging on the walls like oh, wow. For me, obviously, I tried to try to be a bit more quiet, but that mm. kept me going. Just kind of doing what makes me feel good. Um, vocal practice. Um, I did these things called emotion techniques as well. So I told myself right. I'd give myself a cover challenge and do a cover song, and focus on like the emotion of it. And so I was able to do things that I wanted to do. But yeah. that was that was through me being like I I had like a period where I was like oh getting down about lockdown is everyone but you know there are worse things going on so yeah exactly mindset and i was like okay gonna keep myself busy i love that that's so good i mean uh it's it was such a like crazy time for so many people and again so many people like you know they kind of just wasted a lot of the time or they watch tv or they kind of just sat in i mean i know i did that for a time <laughs> so i'm <laughs> completely guilty of that um but no that's i love the fact that you just really try to structure what you were doing and training is like a perfect way to do that do you sort of train for something in particular or is it just really just to keep yourself healthy and fit yeah i I would say it's just more to keep me healthy and fit i do it more for my mental health as opposed Mm. to like physical health and things like that yeah yeah makes me feel happy and i always find now that i've it's a part of my everyday routine it helps me like it sets me up for the day i feel really focused once i train yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to ask you actually because you also, I think you're a life coach too. Yes. Yes. That's incredible. Um, How did that all come along? Because I'm keen to know about that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a master NLP practitioner and a life coach, but my mum's a mentor and she's a coach. So I've always been really inspired by her. Mm-hmm. And for me and my older brother, she's always kind of whether it was us at school or anything like that, we were always on personalized development plans and it would be like goals to help us, help us with our subjects at school Mm. or the goals that we want to achieve. And from that, I thought, no, I really want to do this as well. And I'm passionate about coaching as well. So that's brilliant. I, yeah, no, that that's like that's so, that's so cool. Like I you know I listen to a lot of this kind of um a lot of like personal development stuff every day for myself. I've been doing it like obviously for like quite a while now actually, which has been quite nice. But like, wow, I can't even imagine what it would be like kind of growing up with that kind of stuff implemented into like you know a younger person growing up. Like, for, like it must just it must have been so just uh, grateful, like helpful for you just to, you know, set really good goals and have a good idea about goal setting, especially when it came to doing creative things or even just doing just, you know, um, like studying in general, like making sure that you weren't like, you know, procrastinating or doing that kind of stuff. Like you could actually sit your your mind to something and actually do it. I love the fact that um, 
you had a, a guardian to be able to do that for you. And then obviously to further inspire you to do it. Like, wow, awesome. Yeah, see, I think it definitely helped. I think knowing, I feel like it should be encouraged a lot more in school as in like having mm. people like having someone to sit with you individually mm. and be like, okay, so these are your goals. And this, I know that teachers do it, but mm. have that one. And I was very lucky that my mom was able to do that for me. I'm a, I completely agree with you. I mean, I currently assist teaching in a school in Notting Hill, which is just wonderful. Um, year two, so very, very young. But even so, I think that would be an amazing thing to do just to like, you know, mentor them and sort of get them on a, a great thinking course of, you know, wanting to sort of pursue something or like just even just setting goals and attaining those goals because that gives them an idea of how to reach their goals at such a young age that it obviously then multiplies to when they're much older. That's, yeah, wow. Awesome. I love that. Do you, um, I'd love to talk to you about like, you know, habits and stuff. Cause a lot of us with like music and creatives and that kind of stuff, like we obviously try our best to get into good habits, but obviously bad habits can sort of fall into place. And when it comes to writing songs or when it comes to performing, that kind of stuff, um, it can be hard to sort of like, you know, get yourself in the best kind of shape mentally and the best sort of way to be able to perform and, and whatever. How do you find kind of like going into well, like dealing with new habits or trying to train yourself into better habits to try and get yourself out of like older ones and ones that don't really do you much justice? Yes, I would say it's really tough. And that links to NLP actually, as in right. neurolinguistic programming and reprogramming your mind to break a bad habit mm -hmm. to have like new better ones to help you mm. i think a lot of the time it's about being committed to changing it i feel mm. like if you're committed to like changing a habit for example i was actually speaking to my um music mentor he's my guitar teacher he was my guitar teacher but he's like everything but my guitar teacher he's my <laughs> he's my coach and um right. I was talking to him about writing songs and how I want to get into the habit of just writing all the time and mm -hmm. not as in like writing like songs every sing single day, but yeah. doing songs, whether it's just lyrics or free writing or poetry or melodies or things like that. Mm. And I realized to get into that habit, what was stopping me was just myself. There's no right. reason why I to just write it and get my laptop out and yeah. most of the time I feel like you need to want to you need to want to get into that habit even if you kind of gave yourself rewards yeah rewards, I think that's a good way of helping that to like mm, become no. yeah no 100% I completely agree with you I've been doing trying to do that myself because I mean over where I currently am it's very difficult to write music because I'm sort of just in like a house where I'm staying in someone else's room and all their stuff is still there so I can't actually build my own little like I can't really build my own little sanctuary around me so it's sort of something that I've had to kind of do without for around nine months now which has sucked but like even just trying to get into good habits every day like you say like you know going to like training and just like keeping in good shape and um making sure that your mental health is in check and making sure you look after yourself like it's really great things that you can sort of put into being a creative as well as being like you know ready to take on every challenge every single day and all that kind of stuff. Cause as I said, with like creatives and people in general, it can be very difficult to, you know, attack every day the best you can and want to songwrite every single day. But I love the fact that, you know, you've gotten yourself into a spot where you can sort of just do something creative in your area, which is obviously songwriting, whether it is like, you know, poetry or like, you know, just writing a song or coming with even just like a lyric or a melody line every day um, to make sure that you sort of, you know, you've done that one thing every day that you knew you wanted to do. But as well as that, um, 
let's go back into the song, yeah? Because, like, as I said, it's an awesome song. What was kind of your decision to want to put the song out? Because I remember you said that it was just kind of a song for yourself. So what was sort of the the motivation to release it and make this your first single that you've ever put out? Yeah, so when I obviously wrote it in 2020 lockdown, I was in second year of university mm-hmm. and I felt like, oh, I have third year. I knew that I wanted to like be a music artist, but I thought mm-hmm. I've got third year and... I may be writing lots of different, I may go through different experiences and I may want to put that out um, instead. Mm -hmm. But I think once I finished um, university and I was going through my songs, I thought to myself, nature of a scene is really raw. And I feel like it, I wanted like my first material because obviously I'm an independent artist starting out. I wanted like the first songs that come out from me to represent me as a person and although I feel like the song's a really deep song and it's not the happiest of songs I feel like it you can get a real sense of my authenticity and personality and values in a way through that song so for me it's like a no-brainer to put that one out first yeah no that's I completely agree with you I mean as an independent artist myself you sort of want to try and shine and highlight your best kind of features and your own sort of I guess you know your own values and such, as you as you said, and yeah, no, I can definitely sort of hear that um, with the song as as I listen to it myself. I'm sure there are many many fans who also have found that out as well, and so it's quite cool because when obviously you write your first one, now it's kind of like, oh wow, like I love to write another one, I'd like to put another one out. Is this like, is it one of those things where you've sort of written a few over the years that you've kind of got in the bank that now you're sort of deciding which one to kind of slide in as as like the next one, or is it something where you would decide to do something completely kind of new or still keep that kind of like, you know, strict, stripped back sort of niche that you've got going on? Yes. Yeah, so I have like, it's a three single campaign. So this was the debut Ooh. single. I've got two other singles lined up. Well, but this is really interesting because I have to admit, since putting out Nature for Scene, I've thought to myself, it's weird because I like the fact that this is like my starting single, but I want to write new material because mm. again, this was written a while back. I, I, it's made me think about what type of artist I want to be and what I want to give out to the world. So I'm not going to be yeah. putting too much pressure on myself as in like Christmas period, Serena, write so many songs so that you yeah. can have a new song by the next single. But it has inspired me to feel like I do want to write new material. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's 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 wonderful. Absolutely love that. Um, and yeah, like, and I also saw like you have a really cool music video that you put out with this one as well. Like, whereabouts now? It, there was a forest in this video as well. Is that a forest somewhere in London? No. So this was actually all filmed in Hastings. Oh the right. Okay. Director Marcus Mashwitz. He's fantastic, and right. um, he lives. Things. so he knows it really well he's done a couple of music videos for other artists there as well and when i he i i was doing a photo shoot with marcus originally he was yeah. helping my press photo shoot mm-hmm. and i had no idea that he did music videos and then he was showing me that he had done it for other artists and i thought oh my gosh i'd love for him to help yeah. me direct and nature of a scene and mm-hmm. he doesn't really do independent artists so i thought i'll just ask and see what he says and he said yes okay. he listened to the song and he says hastings is perfect perfect because there's a forest there there's a yeah. beach there we can hire out and near the forest that he has two friends who have a house near it so oh, wow. we were able 
kind of set up a mini studio in one of the bedrooms so that was another scene and then like in the basement we managed to set up like lights and stuff to kind of have another kind wow. of shot there that's so cool yeah because i was thinking to it myself i was like man there's a lot of scenes in this video i wonder where she went to get this shot because it's like as you say there's a forest and there's a beach and there's like you with a purple light and i'm like my goodness where like and i love the fact that they're all just so close together that's perfect that would have worked out so well it did. He he's really prepared and organized. So I was able to arrive on the day and be like, okay, so I'm here for this, mm. and that's too far away, and things like that. And we got it done within the day as well. So was this good. in like the summer period, or did you? Was it more cold around there? Because it looked like it was quite bright. Yes, it was in August. It was oh. it was good. The weather was good to us, but I have to admit, the beach it was freezing cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you go in the water? <laughs> Oh no! I, I think he, I think Mums even carried me. He carried me by walking back, so because there was like it was just like water everywhere, and yeah. it was quite so. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I was around like Eastbourne and that sort of area around the late August for my birthday, and I like I was around that sort of spot too. And it was yeah, pretty cold. I mean, I did want to go in the water, but I had no. I'm one of those guys who'll go into. I'll go into cold water. But like I, yeah, I just didn't have the right. I didn't have a towel, nothing like that to sort of go with. So I kind of just put my foot in. And I was like, oh, that's a that, that's a cold boy. That is, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that no, I did go all the way in Andover. That was awesome. That was great. Oh. Although that water bites you something fierce. <laughs> There's cold water. Like oh my goodness. But wow, no, even so, like. That's so great that you're able to get yourself a really cool video to, you know, put the song out with, especially because, like, you know, it's always great to tie a vision to the song in which you're, you know, obviously trying to put out to the world and all the rest of it. So, and I love the fact that it's sort of all just kind of tied together, like, kind of really well. Was that like your sort of original, like, what was your sort of your original thought if you were to do a video? Was it sort of the a similar vision to what you had, that what you came up with? I would say so. I think I let Marcus, because I felt from straight away from meeting him with the photo shoot, mm. I thought he's, we're very similar as in like, he's so hardworking and he puts 110% effort into everything that he does. So I just kind of knew that his ideas, it's going to come from his soul, it's going to come from his heart. He heard the song and I could tell that he understood where I was coming from with the song. And when he got like for me i wanted something that showed empowerment yeah because the song's a deep song but i feel like it's it takes real courage to be vulnerable with your emotions and be like this mm. this is how i'm feeling and i feel like with the music video i wanted to have that like empowering feeling to it superhero that's what he said as in All like right. Stand there like a superhero and be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself. This is me. And yeah. so I actually see it as a reframe. So the song, it goes through kind of hard emotions and then it gets positive towards the end, as in like more like, okay, I'm going to stand in my power. But I feel like yeah. the music is like, this is me standing in my power and mm. I am. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's some real good direction from his end. Like, you know, that's I feel like he's the kind of guy you want sort of directing you and telling you what to do and where to stand and all the rest of it too. No, I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd love to also ask you just about, obviously, because as I said, the song gives me such a sort of a, you know, 2000s kind of vibe, especially with like, you know, um, modernized sort of parts. Um, what were the sort of the artists that you kind of listened to as you kind of progressed through your kind of musical journey? Did you sort of, did you, were you on a bit of a pop like tangent? Did you sort of go off into different sort of genres? Like, uh, let's, uh, let's delve into the music taste a bit. 
Yeah, sure. So I've, it's weird because I guess this links to Spotify wrapped. I find yes. it so weird. <laughs> See how we did that? We <laughs> circled back. <laughs> yes, we did. I feel like every year I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my top five artists. And it can change. It changes like every single year. But I would say growing up, I've noticed that I listen to a lot of pop music, which I guess you can hear in my sound, mm. but I do take a lot of influences from like jazz artists. And well, I would say people that have like, that are influenced by jazz, they may have like a pop genre, but they're influenced right. by, you can hear that and R and B artists. Right. But yeah. So it changes all the time. I think. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, as I, I mean, I've probably said this on this podcast multiple times, but I grew up with a mother who was a um, personal trainer and like took like fitness classes. So, and a, and a um, four year old, like an older sister who was about four years older than I was. So I got like the Britney Spears, the Christina Aguilera, Delta Goodrum, uh, Backstreet Boys, Five, all that stuff, just all just piled on top of me as a young kind of boy growing up. So I'm all into like the 2000s kind of earlier pop kind of sound and that kind of thing. And I, as I said, I have got my own little playlist with this, all that stuff um, sort of as well that I sort of go back to every now and then. And it really does really kind of hit you with the nostalgia. It's like, oh, I love this kind of thing. When it sounds like, oh, actually, that's what I was going to say. I was thinking about this on the walk home because like, when, when was you born? And when was I born, did you yeah, say? Yeah, like what year were you born in? Oh, 1999. Oh, right. Awesome. Cool. So you've been like right in the, almost before like the 2000s and stuff. What was like your, how did you listen to your music as you were kind of growing up? Were you like around the CD era or did you like morph into like, you know, the MP3 classic iPod sort of spot? <laughs> yeah, that's so good, actually. I was thinking to myself, even when I released Nature of the Scene, it didn't even cross my mind about CDs. And that's so weird, isn't it? Because... Mm. Now it's just all on like streaming platforms, but exactly. I, I did like with CDs. I would say it only really changed, as in like streaming platforms and MP3 and stuff like that. Mm. I would say I I feel like I noticed it a bit more in secondary school, right? So yeah, rate, but no, I kind of missed the whole CD like having CD. I was saying, like, I I love the way that kind of vinyl came back. I never I never really understood why vinyl came back. But I don't understand why CDs haven't come back yet because for like myself and people of my generation, even of those like early 90s to late 90s, like CDs were just such a, they were just such a, just a godsend for us to have at that time because it was like, yeah, this is our thing. And it's like, you know, you obviously had like mixtapes. It was like, okay, CD mixes, you know, you just throw on as many songs as you could onto this like blank CD and hope that you would get like 15 to 16 tracks on it. And then you would just like shove it into your portable CD player, plug your headphones in and just like carry this thing down the road <laughs> and go and listen to it as you went. I like that. My mum actually, she, when I was younger and my brother was younger, she used to love like creating story tapes with music, but she wow. would have like different, different snippets of like different songs and she would fit it to tell a story. And she would do that. She would have like a tape, but like different, like MP3, but tape. Tape mm. and like put lots of songs onto it, but telling a story. 
That's so cool. I, I love that. I will finish off with obviously finishing off with the whole the whole Spotify rap thing because I we were talking about this part before the podcast started. Um, I was just going through. I I have about five raps that I have to go through, and I've only gone about I've gone through two of them at the moment. Um, but like, how did your sort of rap go for yourself and also for your um for obviously for your uh, first single as well because that have been your first single like Spotify rap too. Hey. I can't, I don't even know if I have a Spotify wrapped for my artist one yet. And I don't know if it's because I've just released, but I can't seem to find it. Mm. But I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm just not looking properly or whether it will come in a I'll couple of days. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Yeah, that'd be great. But for my actual like personal Spotify, it's really interesting. I feel like it's like, it's like a whole year of your like music like played. And I always thought when I listen back to it and then even when they're playing like songs in the background, like this is your year and stuff yeah. like that. It's great. But um, this one, I was talking about my, my top song and yeah. I was wondering when this was going to be my number one song because oh, it's, right. so it's golden by Harry Styles and right, he's okay. an artist and I love this song. Yeah. And the song obviously came out in 2020, mm. but and I was listening to. I feel like I was listening to it so much in 2020, like so much more then. Yeah, but right. Where he released it as a single towards the end of that year, mm. it counted. I think they choose your number one song as a single. But anyway, it was my yes. number one song for this year. Wow. And <laughs> my top artist is John Bellion for. Oh right, okay which is cool. I'm not surprised it's John Bellion, but this is what I mean by it changes every year. Yeah. Um, definitely wasn't John Bellion last year, but mm. I think where I feel like my, I've been listening to more, I've been listening to artists that I'm like, do you know what? How does he do that? He does, he produces all the music himself. Yeah, right. He writes okay. music and he doesn't just, he really like knows his music. And I guess I've been kind of listening to that this year. Yeah. And that was number one for me. What about for yourself? That. I, I haven't done mine for this year just yet. I It's one of those things where I, I have a sneaky suspicion of what it could be, but I'm not exactly too sure yet. But yeah, it's it's still that same kind of thing because my my thing changes as well throughout the throughout the year. This as I said, this year I did my pop playlist, so God knows what could possibly be on there. Well, amongst my metal life, that also sort of dwindles in there as well. But like even like the last three years, like I, I mean, I think my first like. I think my last, my past three top artists have been like Architects and then Spirit Box and then Parkway Drive. Spirit Box was like, I think last year because they had their first album come out. But then like, I'm one of those people who just, because when you're much younger, you can't listen to all the songs in the world and all the albums in the world. But now with Spotify, you can. So it's kind of like, I'll just discover albums that I haven't heard of for years. And, but now that I have, I'll just like listen to them all the time because you have to, to know what the songs are called. So like last year I listened to about, you know, six trivium albums for like the first five months of the year <laughs> and, then, and they still made it to like second <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, that's insane. A, some songs that came up and i was like i swear i was listening to that more at the start of this year than yeah. i was to- it still comes up yeah it's good to like things like i reckon it's this one it's gotta be this one then you like sort of see how it's revealed it's like oh man oh it's like third Surely I wasn't that more than that one. These little start to pick and choose and whatever, but ugh. it's it's a lot of fun. I do as as much as you know, Spotify is like, you know, 
uh, it does its thing. It doesn't pay artists well at all, obviously, but it is very good to be able to give everyone the platform to be able to listen to everyone's song all at once. And obviously gives us nice little statistics here and there about what we listen to personally. So like in that respect, I really, in that respect, I, I really like it, which is, which is great. I think a lot of people on the same page too, cause you know, when Spotify wrapped happens, cause you know, social media just fills with just like Spotify rap stories and everybody and everywhere. Absolutely. I, I think that's what I realized this year as in so many people have Spotify more people than what I originally thought, because I feel like with the free version of Spotify, Oh, mm. <laughs> it can be a bit painful at times. Can't oh, it? No, yeah, no, I, yeah. On my my chasm one, it's my 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 personal one's premium. My my chasm one is free, and every now and then, when I'm trying to like re-listen to a podcast to make sure that it sounds good through to the Spotify headphones, I'll get like an ad, and it will just like totally throw me off. And I'm like, oh god, it's it's like when you go on YouTube and you get YouTube ads, but like no one's paying, no one's going to pay for YouTube premium, man. My school doesn't even pay for YouTube premium. When that ad comes up in the middle of like you know the ABC song. You gotta wait five seconds. <laughs> yes, yeah, so even with Spotify Premium, I, I only have that because there was like a discount when I was at university. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's the free version. I think we need a little bit more, like, yeah. a little bit more time without the ads, maybe. Yes, no, I hundred percent agree with you. Well, Serena, this has been such an amazing conversation. Um, I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight um, and talking all about your new single, Nature Foreseen. Um, listen to it now, stream it now, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously follow yourself on the socials to see your next couple of singles that you've got um, in the bag. But even so, I wish you all the best on your musical journey. Um, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Caden. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode this week. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Serena and myself. Go check out her new single, Nature Foreseen. Watch the video and chuck her a follow on the socials. Keep up to date with everything that she's got going on. There are links in the description of this episode where you can find it all. As for myself, follow me on Instagram or YouTube at This Is Chasm. You can also watch some full-length podcast episodes on my channel featuring chats with Emmy Mack and Laurie Black. And don't forget to please leave a rating or review for the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'll see you again for a new episode with a new guest here on Chasm Converses.